The following sermon is from Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church in New York City at the corner of Fifth Avenue and 55th Street in the heart of Manhattan. We welcome you to worship with our vibrant community of faith. Head to FAPC.org and join our email list and be sure to subscribe to FAPC in New York City, our YouTube channel. And now we invite you to breathe deep and lean into the beauty of worship with Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church. Let's listen to it now, to the words of Jesus as contained in the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 21, beginning with the 25th verse. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves, people will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away before all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life, and that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. If you stepped into church today, having first visited Rockefeller Center, to peek at the magnificent 79-foot-tall Norway spruce that will be lit this coming Wednesday. If you were earwigged by White Christmas while hustling up Fifth Avenue amongst the flurries this frigid morning, today's passage from the good book might come as a shock. Every year, the Christian tradition yucks our post-Thanksgiving yum by kicking off the season of Advent with a text from the Gospels 
known as the Little Apocalypse. Compared to the big apocalyptic dream found at the very end of the Bible, the book of Revelation, today's text is indeed a little apocalypse. It's a short passage about the end of the world. Only a fraction the length of Revelation, the little apocalypse still packs a punch. In this passage, not long before our Lord's crucifixion, Jesus speaks of roaring seas and nations in distress. He describes a great earthquake that shakes all of creation, a cataclysm so terrifying that people faint out of fear. What's going on here? Well, well basically, the first Sunday of Advent asks Christians to set their clocks ahead, spinning the, the hands of our watches. The liturgy launches us forward through time to the twilight of human existence. It invites us to contemplate the end of history and the promised return of Christ. The imagery in these apocalyptic texts is stark and, yes, frightening. So, why start Advent this way? Why visit this bleak landscape at all? Didn't we light the candle of hope this morning? What does the end of the world have to do with hope? To answer these questions, let's do a bit of biblical spade work. Scholars tell us that the Bible's great apocalyptic visions rose out of communities experiencing tyranny and persecution. The book of Revelation in the New Testament, the book of Daniel in the Hebrew Bible, are the two longest apocalyptic works in scripture. And both of these works were written by people who lived in communities that were occupied by foreign armies led by sadistic commanders. In other words, stories populated by monsters and cataclysms made sense to these folk. By the same token, Alan Bosak, renowned preacher, once remarked that it made total sense to preach from Revelation during the decades when apartheid was the rule of the land in South Africa. Bosak's parishioners had, had witnessed terrifying beasts loose in the land when, when trucks came to black townships with razor wire Bosak described them as dragons, dragons vomiting an obscene barbed cargo. Those listening to Bosak knew that his imagery wasn't over the top. It was just plain true. Why does Advent start us with the little apocalypse? Because these texts are honest and true. 
little apocalypses happen all the time. And Advent acknowledges this. Advent reminds us that our sacred dreams for what this world might become must begin with the world as it is. Ask the people of Waukesha, Wisconsin, if today's passage makes sense. Ask folk who watched an SUV plow into the comfort and joy parade, into a festivity where dancing grannies cavorted. Ask those grieving souls about what happens to faith in the midst of an apocalypse. A little over 20 years ago, I spent a season working as the theologian in residence at First Presbyterian Church in Dallas. One of my responsibilities at the church was to lead a Bible study for a group of men who were homeless. Every week, we would gather in a room at the Stew Pot, the church's outreach site, to study scripture. It was a challenging class. I came prepared because those guys knew their Bibles. What part of the good book did they know the best? You guessed it, the apocalyptic texts. Those fellows had whole chunks of the book of Revelation memorized, and they had well-developed theories about how and when the world would end. Many of them thought it would end pretty soon. Now, some might dismiss such talk as being delusional, but it wasn't. Sleeping on the streets, these fellows wrestled with the possibility that the world could end for them pretty soon. It was a reality those fellows faced every day. And this, my friends, is where Advent begins. Advent starts us on the path to Christmas with a little apocalypse. The the first thing that this season does is throw its arms around all who feel like they're staring at the end of the world. And I suppose at some point or other, that is all of us. What are the faithful to do when they find themselves in this bleak place? Well, says Jesus, when the earth shakes beneath your feet, have courage, pray, and be alert. Do not be afraid, be watchful. Watchful. Really? Isn't that sort of like saying, read more awful news stories, pay closer attention to the horrible? Is that what Jesus wants of us? Not quite. In this text, Jesus isn't asking us to become connoisseurs of mayhem. He he tells the faithful to be present and alert in the midst of little apocalypses, because in these hard times, there is more to see 
than destruction. Look, says Jesus, the leaves of the the fig tree are unfurling. The Son of Man is coming on a cloud, even in the midst of apocalypse, the kingdom of God is near. A little over a week ago, my wise friend, Tom R., recommended that I read the story of Vidran Smailovich. So I did. In 1992, the city of Sarajevo, the capital of Bosnia and Herzegovina, came under siege by Serbian nationalist forces. The siege would last for four years. It was the longest siege of a capital city in the history of modern warfare. At the beginning of the siege, the Serbian army surrounded Sarajevo. They set up artillery on nearby hills, and they began pounding the city with 155-millimeter howitzer shells. Day after day, thunderous explosions rocked Sarajevo, reducing this once thriving urban landscape. Sarajevo made it through two world wars, basically unscathed, reducing this once gorgeous urban landscape to a wasteland of blasted mosques, churches, and museums. Nothing was spared, hospitals, Music schools, libraries were all leveled by artillery shells. There was no electricity, no running water. Thousands lost their lives. To escape the relentless rockets and sniper bullets, the people of Sarajevo sheltered in basement bunkers. Moving around the city was a risky undertaking People would emerge during daylight hours only when it was absolutely necessary to collect precious bread and water. And even these brief trips could go terribly wrong. On May 27th, 1992, at around 4 p.m., a mortar round struck a group of people waiting on one of Sarajevo's bread lines. 22 people were killed instantly, and scores more were wounded. And this is where Vidran Smailovich comes in. At 4 p.m. the day after the breadline was bombed, a slender man wearing a tuxedo walked into the center of Sarajevo and stepped into the crater created by that murderous shell. He unfolded a plastic chair, sat down, and lifted his cello from its case and began to play. He played Albinoni's Adagio in G minor. Only two people witnessed the start of this courageous performance, and fearing snipers' bullets, they quickly fled. When the performance was finished, the 
bedraggled man in his tux picked up his cello and his chair and left. The next day, though, again, at 4 p.m., Smailovich, a former member of the Sarajevo Symphony, returned in his dusty tux with his cello to the crater. And again, he played Albanoni's Adagio in G minor for 22 days. One day for each soul who lost their life in the attack. For 22 days, rain or shine, with shells falling around him and sniper bullets whizzing by, one of which pierced his cello, Smailovich played the adagio. And in the silence between the rocket attacks, the notes of this inspiring piece floated through the wreckage of Sarajevo like a dream. This, my friends, is Advent. Advent pulls up a chair in the real world, a turbulent, nasty world, a world in which the earth trembles and armies march and madmen pilot SUVs into parades. Advent pulls up a chair in our apocalyptic craters and starts to play. And this, my friends, is why we can light the candle of hope today with a clear conscience. Hope, hope does not deny the hard or the harsh. Hope stands in the midst of the hard and the harsh, testifying to a better way. Let us embrace the hope to which Christ calls us this Advent as together we listen to accomplished cellist Mr. Chase Park play Albinoni's Adagio in G minor.
in all of your Advent preparations, have courage. Even in the midst of uncertain times, especially in the midst of uncertain times, remain watchful. Look for sacred signs in life's craters for the furling of leaves, for notes played with compassion, for the coming of a child whose way is peace and whose presence is hope for us all. Amen.